This episode of podcast is brought to you by the idea of, was Tarzan a virgin before he met Jane? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that was able to direct a small indie film called Star Wars. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss what makes a director great. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of answers that you can give to this. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the easiest answer is originality. Yeah. Just having like this idea of what you want to do and having it completely your own yeah and we'll get into like some of the directors that we think like have done that too mm-hmm. um do you want to do you want to start with some of <laughs> yours or do you want to like well i think that you should start because this okay. is your thing um so obviously we're gonna end up talking about quentin tarantino just because of like how original his we ideas fucking, we just deep throw yeah. him just um but i want to save him towards later and the reason why is because like he just has like Every single film that he does is just like a 10-year-long project of originality. Yeah. Um, but you you have to have, like, directors really be, like, original with it. And I think almost borderline crazy when it comes to films as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to talk about Guillermo del Toro because, of course, I love him. I know, I know, I know. Like, I knew you were going to do that like, as soon as you got here. But you can't deny, like, Guillermo del Toro has, like, this weird, obscure vision for most of his films. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before where it's, like, he always has, like, this idea of old-time war mixed with fairy tales. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting concept because, yes, that is most of his films, but he's able to do it in a way where each film is kind of, like, different from each other yeah um the devil's backbone being one where it's like it's during world war one and you have like bombs going off and everything like that but it's a ghost story i've never seen it 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 is one of the few films that i think you would really enjoy from guillermo del toro um of course pan's labyrinth again during world war ii and you have like germans just invading and like people trying to like uh, survive yet you have this fairy tale aspect of like everything that's going on with the main girl of trying to find her supposed real family which are fairy tale gods yeah and i think that's like an interesting concept where you have this director who is breaking the norm of like what you can and can't have in a film mm-hmm. yeah um i think yeah, I kind of agree with what you were saying with like originality. I think that in order to be like truly great, you need to be original because that's what makes you stand out. Mm-hmm. Like if you are just a spitting image of the people that have influenced you because like at the end of the day, there's almost besides like literally the first directors ever. You know what I mean? Like there is really no such thing as a truly original director because Mm. everybody's influenced by everything. Yeah. And, and having, um, a director, you know, being, being a director who is the one who is influencing, even they are probably influenced by maybe not other directors, but by works of literature, works of art, whatever it may be. And then they take that and then they incorporate it into their films. Mm. Um, but it, you know, taking like, let's say, 
like Wes Anderson, right? Yeah. Like Wes Anderson is a is a great director. Why? Because as soon as a film, a Wes Anderson movie comes on, you know that it's a Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's like one of the most important things I think to it. Like you know that you're watching a Wes Anderson film, like literally from the opening shot. Like you're just like, oh, okay, yep. This the the color, the way that it's color graded, the the symmetry that's going on, the the way that the dialogue is, the quirkiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and like the pacing of his movies, like they're all very much Wes Anderson and only Wes Anderson. Yeah. Right. Would I call Taika Waititi a great, like, like one of the greatest directors? No, mm-hmm. he's good. He is good. But like I said, like, there are it, a lot it, of similarities. It, it feels like he's wearing his influences a little. Like, yes, he has like his own like originality to it, but it also feels like he, you you know that he's wearing his influences on his sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like that with Wes Anderson. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, definitely like being able to be original is absolutely one of the strongest things that 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 you have going for yourself when it comes to making yourself stand out Mm -hmm. you know i I think another thing that is really really important is um directors who do their research yes so like robert edgars somebody like robert edgars is like a good example because he's up like he's like right now like one of our time you know and obviously tarantino is known like just really really known for doing like extensive research Mm -hmm. um but yeah like having somebody who robert eggers falls in in like the kind of like the same place as tarantino because robert eggers knows his characters Mm -hmm. like it's you know tarantino's in like you know just really infamous for like creating these characters that he then could pretty much write an entire book on of just who they are and yeah. like what they did for a living, what their favorite fucking breakfast is, why they wear these shoes, why why they choose this this type of uh, milkshake over that type of milkshake. Like yeah. it doesn't like he literally knows everything about his characters. Just like the whole Jackie Brown thing, right? And every movie that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Robert Eggers though is is interesting because he is the same. Like he 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 might he might not go into that much detail because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of unnecessary. Truthfully, <laughs> uh, I mean he you goes, don't, you, you went don't, hard for wikis. Yeah, like you you don't need to go that deep mm-hmm. in order to make a great film. You just need to know your character like personally a little bit. Like you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, like doing like the research, like like the reason why the lighthouse is so good is because he spent like five or six years, like just doing research on yeah. it and like figuring out like what the hell a wiki is and how they spoke and the type of dialogue and not and understanding, you know, that these guys are from this part of the world in this era and their their education is limited to this and this is how that this is exactly how that type of person would speak mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like that the level of detail of understanding your characters and the world that they're in i think is extremely extremely important in order to have like a director who is truly truly great yeah and like with that too like you really get a sense of like not only originality but you get a sense where you can almost ground it in reality because you know so much detail about it mm-hmm. um like i mentioned before like you know, a big thing that I look for too of like what makes a director great is having a little bit of a crazy side. And I think like none better is Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. The man Kubrick's was, a little crazy. <laughs> a little bit, like a smidgen. <laughs> um, and he's a great example too where it's like you can have originality with a source material. Yeah. Like one of the best films to ever come out, The Shining, 
was a book beforehand. Right. And he took the overall idea of it and adapted it to what he felt was going to work. And in doing so, he was able to create, again, like one of the best horror movies ever made. Right. And that goes to like how how deep his creativity can run. Yeah. Um, You have, again, two 2001 Space Odyssey that he's done where possibly the best sci-fi film ever made and if you really like like obviously if you watch it it's a mind fuck but if you step back and think of like oh my god like how he came up with this whole idea (laughs) it's almost like oh my god this man's insane (laughs) uh yeah i mean 2001 is just a really special film and like kubrick to me is probably the greatest american director like ever Mm -hmm. i really and i really think so because he is so meticulous and he's so like he's such a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and all of his films are just one beautiful and two like i said like he 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 knows every single shot like you, you when you watch a kubrick film you you know that he's blocked out these scenes in his head and he, and he either whether whether it's just writing it down or storyboarding it or or, or, how, or however he does it mm-hmm. like he you know you can tell that every shot in the film was thought of yeah. there are movies that that come out that you can literally fe- you can you can literally see that it, it feels like the director had no idea what they were doing dur- during the duration of filming. Melancholia. And, eh. um, no, that movie had no idea what it was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and Besides the earth colliding. Well, well okay, but that, that's not what, what my point was. Like, yeah, I know. My, no, I was pretty much just talking about, like, str- like str- uh, strictly, like, the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you have directors who feel like, or, like, or directors that, you, that when you watch a movie, you can literally feel feel like they kind of just like showed up that day and was like okay what film what scene are we doing okay cool uh let's put the camera here mm-hmm. and like let's try that and then they and then they do it and it's like okay yeah that that worked and then they just like leave it's like no 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 kubrick knew where he was putting the camera while writing this yeah. like you know what i mean like he understood like where the camera was gonna be uh at like well before they actually showed up to on the day to shoot mm-hmm. And that's like really, really important shit, you know. Like, there's nothing worse than, there's nothing worse than watching a film, knowing that you're watching a film. Yeah, you know what I mean. You want to be like, basically transported into this world with right. them. And like, when you're watching like great camera work and stuff like that, like it kind of all melts away. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can be impressed by it, but you don't want it to be distracting. Yeah. When a director doesn't, like, block his scenes properly or or you can kind of feel like, what the hell is going... Like, why did he put the camera over here? Like, it, And it, like, becomes noticeable to the mm-hmm. point where it's distracting. That's where things start getting a little, like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Darren Aronofsky that did uh, Black Swan? Yes. Yeah, so, like... A specific thing, too, was how he did it of Natalie Portman, like, spinning around doing ballerina stuff. Yeah. Was he literally put the camera right in front of her and spun the camera around and stopped it right there to showcase, like, her spinning over and over and over again. Yeah. You could have easily done it where 
she just keeps spinning. Right. But you're not going to have that same effect. Mm-hmm. And that always kind of like stuck with me of like working with the camera to really showcase like everything that you can in a film. Yeah. I think like like what really makes a great director a great director is the simple fact that like like personally, yes, there are great directors out there who use source material like like Mario Scorsese. Like Mario Scorsese mm-hmm. is probably one of the greatest directors ever as well, right? Top 10 maybe of of American directors. Yeah. And Scorsese uses a lot of books and stuff like that and then he takes them from that. You know, it, it, it it's not it's not very, very often that Scorsese writes a completely original screenplay. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he's like one of the greatest. Yeah. Right? But for me personally, like I think a lot of my favorite directors are are writers slash directors. People who yeah. come up with a concept by themselves and then and then go out and make it. Like Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos, to me, I, I put him in my top five, mm-hmm. and and I, and he, he's going to snuggly stay there for a while because <laughs> he is so interesting. He's mm-hmm. taking material that does exist as in Greek mythology, mm-hmm. but completely just putting it in a completely different world and using it in such a way that um, is just so dark and like compelling and i love dark shit like that's like those are like my favorite types of movies Mm. are like the ones that are just like heavy yeah and i love that too where it's like you know he has a vision and he's willing to like send a message in the most fucked up way possible yeah like killing of a sacred deer for me that is like i i truly believe that like yorgos lanthimos is up there with like kubrick like with like the detail mm-hmm. and and where he puts the cameras, it's like honestly, it's like Kubrick, fucking Ari Aster, mm-hmm. and Yorgos Lanthimos. That's your for top like, three right now. For well, just for like strictly like camera like work yes. and and stuff like that. Like they just utilize the cameras so well. Mm-hmm. Like there are there are not many directors out there that I that I can really think of that truly truly use the camera as almost like another character. But can also make it where it's not distracting enough to the point where it, it again where it takes you out and then all of a sudden you're not focusing on the story anymore and you're only focusing on the camera work. Yeah, I mean a lot of stuff in Hereditary focuses on that where it's like you have those beautiful shots of the house like far back, but he utilizes it where it's like that could be like the miniature design that um that the mother is working on. Right, and I love that like those types of framings really kind of set you apart and make you for a split second while you're watching the film think about like what's going on yeah yep you have anything else because i've been going on (laughs) (laughs) um another one too like i think um we haven't talked about him in a while but alex garland he's good he's He's really good and you know like he hasn't really come up with a lot lately i know he's still working on like the the tv show that i believe is going on um what's it going it's not going on hbo um the other one that I can never fucking get to work. I don't know. I don't know either. Hulu? Remember. Yes, Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get Hulu to work on my TV. But um, he, he's working on something on Hulu right now. But you have him where he takes like sci-fi and again, like has source material, but kind of like flips it on its head. Mm-hmm. Like Ex Machina, there's always been like that idea of like, okay, what if robots were real? Like, right. what if robots, like, started to have, like, human thought? 
but the way that he went about like creating a story yeah was really interesting to me of like making it this underground like bunker type thing and at the same time too you have the human being more of a monster than the machine itself and you can chalk that up to where it's basically like a Frankenstein story of creating a creature. Yeah. But he did it in a way that was like really intelligent. And then even so Annihilation, like that is again, like a weird sci-fi film, but he put like this odd kind of scenario in of the shimmer and made it where like everything down to the T of DNA is changing inside of it yeah and then creating this alien creature that is only willing to learn and be like the humans and we're trying to destroy it and that's always been like again a case in most sci-fi films but he did it in a way where it's emotional to watch yeah i think like like what you were saying where you know with ex machina you end up like kind of taking away like wait a minute like what's worse man or machine and i think that like being an incredible director and just just a really good storyteller in that case like you need to make movies that make people think Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like there's a time and place for like silly films right like like they they need to exist like you need to have a palate cleanser if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah fucking bill and ted like that like that's fine <laughs> excellent <laughs> like you know what i mean like that's fine like those are cool but like i don't know like i'm not sitting around i don't even know who fucking made those movies and that's why is like you know what i mean like I, like i'm not going through and like being like wow the the only like comedy director that i can really truly think of at the moment simon Pegg. i don't even know who that is Oh yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> World's yeah, yeah. End, right, Hot yeah. Fuzz. But that, the, but that's uh, he's not a director. He's he's the you know that's uh, those are all Edgar Wright films. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But he helps. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like now now you now you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> um. Anyway, pretty much what I was just saying is like I think like one another really key at- attribute into being a great director is making films that are trying to say something and make people think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think with that comes like like the boundary pushers. Yeah. Like wh- like in my opinion, maybe unpopular, but I really do believe that M Night Shyamalan is like a really truly great director he's made a lot of garbage and i will acknowledge that and i've acknowledged that before but the thing about m night Shyamalan and the reason as to why he's made a lot of garbage is because he's a risk taker Mm -hmm. and i feel the same way about your boy lynch david lynch david lynch to me i don't think is a great director Mm -hmm. But he's he is trying to push boundaries, yeah, and that and in that case, that makes him extremely extremely important to the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And M Night Shyamalan, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not looking forward to his most recent movie. The trailer that I saw of it, where it looks like people on an island and they're aging rapidly. The yeah. trailer looked real bad, but it could the be acting. Good. The acting looked real bad, yeah. but again, it could be yeah, it could be you know great. Uh, who knows? But, um. You can't deny the fact that M. Night Shyamalan is, has very, very unique visions on things and, and, and really takes big risks and swings for the fucking fences mm-hmm. almost 
with every movie that he goes for. I'll, I'll give him that because, like, you know, a lot of his earlier stuff of, like, Sixth Sense, like, that was, like, the big thing where it's like, oh, my God, like, M. Night Shyamalan is, like, the man. Mm-hmm. And then you could see, like, a slow deterioration, like, past the village. Because I, I like the village. I like the village too. I, I thought I think the I think the village was extremely mismarketed. It it is because <laughs> it really showcased where it's like again it could have been a horror film, but it's not that. Yeah, it's not like a perfect film by any no, means. No, but it's a good film. It's a good movie. Yeah, and I I agree. Like he he has taken a lot of risks and he's willing to like step outside the box of like what a film should be, just like with Lady in the Water. Like, mm-hmm. I hate that movie, mm-hmm. but I will acknowledge the fact that he tried something different mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. Same thing for David Lynch. Like, you know, I, I will speak to the heavens above for Twin Peaks because right. I think that that like is a masterpiece of a show, but it's very odd. Yeah. And, you know, you have that show and then he made the movie too, which is a prequel sequel, which is very odd. I'm not going to explain that. That's you, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Like, that did really well because, like, he pushed the boundary. Right. You have stuff that he's done, like Elephant Man, which pushed the boundary. You have Eraserhead, which pushed the boundary. But a lot of his other stuff after that kind of gets lost. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Dune, while I think it's a fun movie, it is... Not that good. Not that good. (laughs) Um, And I'll admit that. Like, it's not the best movie. Yeah. And I think that has to do with, again, like we talked with Dune, where... David Lynch, I don't feel like, had all of the control in the film. Yeah. And that can really be detrimental to a director is if they don't have full control. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that some directors need that control because otherwise they will just go completely out of nowhere. Um, Lars von Trier is one of them. Yeah, I don't really like him. I know. I know you don't. I, I don't really like him either after, like seeing melancholia and like trying to check out like a couple other things i think like antichrist is the only one that like is somewhat okay will defoe yeah yeah um and that's just the trailer is nuts to that yeah but um but when you have like a director again like quentin tarantino who is able to direct produce and write the entire film who has control and has full creative ideas of like what to do that's what makes a great director yeah like he is always someone where it's like we look to where you know the detail that he puts in the amount of time that he spends on the dialogue the the costumes the idea itself of the film and there's few and far between of like who can match him yeah like yeah you you can't (laughs) i know like i mean he just he puts so much effort into each film to really say something and also create it fun like, Inglorious Bastards is fun, but it has a message to it. Right, yeah. And you don't really get that until, like, the end, and, like, you come full circle after leaving the theater and think, like, hmm, you know, Nazis were really shitty. <laughs> That's the message. Yes. Nazis were shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, like, some of the greats that I can think of is, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, of mm-hmm. course. You know, like, it's funny because... The framing that he does for his films, too. Like, just... Always. The cinematics to yeah. it. Uh, one of, like, the directors who I haven't truly loved one of his films in a very long time, but I do think that he is considered a great director, is Christopher Nolan. Like, I, I think Christopher Nolan yeah. is extremely important. I wanted to like Tenet. I want to, I like everything that he does i really do like i really really want to like 
everything that he does, and I just don't, and it bothers me. Yeah. Because Inception is so good. Mm-hmm. I love Inception. It's fantastic. It, for the longest time, it was declared the best film to come out in generations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Memento is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's got a lot. He's got so much, and I think my problem with most of his films is that I do think that he starts to lose story on like over cinematics. Like mm-hmm. every movie that you that you that you watch when it comes to Christopher Nolan, you know that it's going to be a fucking spectacle. Like yeah. it's going to be beautifully shot. It's going to be in, insane. It's going to be epic. It's going to be like just gorgeous to look at. But I, I think that he loses story a lot of time. Like Dunkirk. Like mm-hmm. I I wanted to love Dunkirk so much. And I walked away from Dunkirk just kind of like, eh, like, okay. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was okay. Like it was, it was an okay war film, but it was, it was fucking epic. Like the shots are incredible. And I sit there and I look at it and, and I watch him actually like mounting these giant 70 millimeter Panavision cameras to these fucking airplanes and going in the planes and just actually filming real, like he doesn't bullshit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he doesn't do green screen. Like he does real life shit, mm-hmm. and like that is what is a great director, you know. Exactly. But you you can't compromise story for only cinematics. Mm-hmm. But I think that Christopher Nolan is one of the greatest directors. <laughs> yeah, because of that. Yeah, he's really really important because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like when you when you like take the word director and like you and you mean and you like you use it at its truest form, like technicalities is like really what you're looking at, right? You're looking yeah. at somebody who really, really knows how to direct a fucking movie. And Nolan knows how to direct a movie. Mm-hmm. He might not be a great storyteller and he might not be the greatest, um, you know, when it comes to uh, actually like developing characters and whatnot. But when it comes to sh- just strictly directing, impeccable. Yeah. And that's what too like you got to get your actors on board with the vision that you're going for. Mm-hmm. Cuz if you can get them on board with what you see, then the film's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yep. So I think there's a lot, I mean there's so much that that I mean there's so much too like what makes a great director. Um Yeah, this was kind of like a loaded question. Yeah, but, because I there's mean, there's so much. I mean, it, you know, it's it's kind of like just everything put together what is what makes a great director, right? Yeah. But I mean, um but I mean, obviously, like I said, like names that stick out to me are Paul Thomas Anderson, Kubrick, Tarantino, Martin Scorsese. Like these are all Tarkovsky. Like these are all really, really important directors that uh, uh, y- if you haven't seen their movies, you should really sit down and watch them because they can teach you a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yes, yeah, well, well put. We'd love to know too, like um, some of like What's your, your penis size. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to know too, like some of your favorite directors and why you love them as well. Zach, do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, I have a weird one because before we started this episode, you mentioned that you got HBO Max. Ooh. So I can recommend this to you because I think that you'll like it. It is a very odd show that is on HBO Max called... A show? Yes, it's a show. Oh, okay. It's a six-part documentary series. Um, it's about 26 minutes long each. It is called How To With John Wilson. So it's insane because... This the show is insane. Um, what you have is this man who basically took like a camera and for a few years just 
while living in New York City, just document, like, just filmed whatever he could find. And you have, like, these crazy shots that, like, will just be so out of place and make you laugh while he's still talking about something. And the episodes are kind of, like, on the quirkier side. Like, you have episodes where it's, like, how to split the check, how to make the perfect risotto, how to scaffold. Mm-hmm. And they're not fully about that. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite episodes is How to Improve Your Memory. And that starts with him going to somebody who competes in memory competitions and learning like what she does. Mm-hmm. And then going to the grocery store and trying to associate that. And then finds a man who is obsessed with Mandala effects. And then goes to his office to learn more about the conspiracies of them and then flies to like North Carolina to then go to a convention then meets a man who has a business to try and grow the foreskin back on males penises <laughs> and then somehow okay, tries so to like they com- start they start like, yes. <laughs> like in one place and then just end up like in a completely different yes area. but in the end it kind of comes back full circle gotcha and John Wilson is just so quirky and awkward as a director for it and it it makes the show for me um and and the coolest thing too is that like you know it it came out um episode six like starts the coronavirus so you have like this whole thing of like throughout the entire series where it's like it's just nonstop people in new york city and like flying and whatever like the old times that we used to know and then the start of coronavirus and then just and he, he got picked up for a second season and I'm very curious to see, like, what happens. Because a lot of this first season was stuff that, like, throughout years he's just filmed. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, like, what he's going to get next, like, for season two. Yeah. But it's just a quirky, weird show that, like, is on HBO Max. And if you've got three hours to kill, you can finish it. Right. Like, yeah. it's it's 26 episodes each. It's six episodes. 26. That's, in- yeah. That's cool. not That's not that hard. All right. I finished it basically in a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you don't have time to listen to a three-hour podcast. No, huh? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I need the visuals. All right, cool. Zach, uh, what are we doing next? So, Frank, we are going to be doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The first one? Yes. Ooh. James Franco. We should just do the trilogy, like, one after the next. We could. To- I mean, I I haven't seen, like, the other couple of ones afterwards. Yeah. And... They all look awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, it, we cool. can do Planet of the Apes trilogy. I'll, I'm into that. All right, cool. So, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. And then I think it goes Dawn and then War. Yeah. And then, I, is there a fourth one after no, that? No, I okay. think it's just three. I feel like there were. I've only, yeah, I've only, I've seen like half of the second one mm-hmm. and the entire first one. I never saw the third one. I almost feel like they made like five and we just don't know it. I don't think they did that many. I think, I think it's just a trilogy. All right. But I've, I've only heard good things. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. So we're going to do Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Caesar's making an appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, cool, Zach. Take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.